Hello and welcome to the Top 5, where each week I break down my top 5 takeaways from the NASCAR race. This week, the Charlotte Roval. Hello and welcome to the Top 5. I'm your host, Connor. And each week I take about 15 to 20 minutes to break down my top five takeaways from the NASCAR race. But before we do that, if you could please join me on Facebook, search the top five, all spelled out, the word five, not the number. Uh, Or you can go to patreon.com forward slash the top five and share with me your thoughts. I'd love to hear if you agree or disagree with what I have to say. Uh, And let's just have a fun conversation about our favorite sport. So this week was the Charlotte Roval. It was the cutoff race for the round of 12. And let's get right into this week's top five. Number one. So I was surprised at how large the crowd was. In the past few years, there's been a large amount of crowd right at the entrance and exit of the uh, Roval section of the infield road course section but the main grandstand looked not completely full but all the way down to turn four was pretty full which was impressive Uh, also i think that this is a another example of nascar placing these tracks in the proper order in the playoffs making this a cutoff race is perfect Um, i think all of the cutoff races in and the final race of the regular season are placed perfect. I also, I'm so glad that it's it wasn't raining. That was such a disaster last year, or was that two years ago when they ran this race in the rain? Just an absolute disaster. Uh, watching on TV, they they obviously you could see better, but I saw some video from people that were in the stands watching that race, and cars were, it was like, they were on ice it was just silly so i'm so glad that the weather was good so we could watch the racing in the form in which it was supposed to be stage one was largely uneventful um it's difficult you know in the format that i've that i've tied myself into in this podcast and how i intend to do things where i do stages one and two on number one and then the rest of the race in number two when stages one and two have no real action or no real big events, it's really hard to um, to do that. But here we are. So Logano got off to an early lead, one stage one. Um, cars were really just sort of clicking off laps. And to be fair, 93 laps was the intended uh, the intended length of this race. That is a lot of laps for a road course. So really, other than A.J. Allmendinger and Tyler Reddick had a fun battle early in Stage 2 for the lead uh, and then used up their equipment and fell off. Um, Other than that, there there wasn't a lot in Stages 1 and 2 to talk about. Ross Chastain won Stage 2. So both Stage 1 and Stage 2 points going to playoff drivers in need of points to... To continue, and there was a lot of drivers that were pitting with two laps to go in stage one and in stage two 
so that they would get track position and playoff drivers just weren't doing that. They were just staying on track, trying to get as the best possible uh, points position they could get, which makes sense. That's that's the name of the game. So let's get on to stage three. Number two. So stage three started, and it was like watching a different race. It, it was like stages one and two had never happened. Everything got super aggressive. Cars were pushing and banging off each other. It became a lot more fun to watch. There were a lot of cars missing the chicane. Uh, I heard on the broadcast they said there's an average of 10 chicane misses per race. And going into stage three, I think there were two. Uh, so all of a sudden that started to amp up quite quite a bit. And when you miss the chicane, you have to come to a complete stop before going in. So... Missing, or missing the chicane was, you know, 15 spots, if not more, that a, a car would lose. Uh, 22 to go in stage three. Ross Chastain had to go to the garage. He originally went on pit road, and they realized that they needed more people than allowed over the wall to fix. Uh, it was a broken control arm. Uh, and then shortly after that, 11 to go, Larson lost a tow link. So major events crazy events for playoff drivers made the intensity and the drama quite exciting uh thankfully for larson the caution did come out to reset the field so going back to green three laps to go i thought there's absolutely no way that these cars a make it into turn one the turn one where you have to to come to an almost complete stop and make a hard left into the infield. And two, we're not finishing these three laps without another caution. There's just no way. And sure enough, the restart happens. There's absolute carnage going into turn one. Um, Might have been the craziest restart I've ever seen. Um, Chase Elliott got spun on the infield. Logano got dumped uh, going into the... Um, the back chicane, just absolute craziness and no caution, no caution going into turn one where the 48, whoever was, I think Noah Gregson was driving the 48 and a couple other cars got spun. Uh, when Chase Elliott got spun, no caution, Logano got dumped, no caution. It was a piece of curb on uh, the the second of the three laps that uh, came loose. And it, it wasn't a BS caution. It, it was legit. Piece of curbing came loose and had those cars gone through that chicane, it, it would have caused some serious damage, which would have been a real issue. So um, they had to actually red flag the race to fix that curb. It, it wasn't long. And what I had realized at that point was Christopher Bell had started, I think, in row three on on the restart with three to go. Made some incredible moves, put himself in in a really good position on on the overtime restart. Starting on the front row next to Kevin Harvick, Bell had newer tires. Uh, So that restart finally got going. Again, absolute carnage going into turn one. No, but no caution. All cars got themselves 
up and moving. And that's kind of the nice thing about the Roval is with long laps, um, I think it's over a minute or close to a minute, a lap. With long laps like that, there was time for drivers to uh, get their car righted and get moving again so they don't have to have a caution. Uh, so no caution. Bell took the lead, ran away with it. Congrats to him. Um, but wow, what a what a complete misorder of the playoffs. Going into that race, to the end of that race, uh, with major problems that big-time drivers had going to the garage and going on pit road and getting dumped on restarts. It was crazy and wild, and let's discuss the new playoff order. Who Who's in, who's out, who's mad? Just absolutely wild. Number three. So when all is said and done, the defending champion, quite possibly the most talented driver, Kyle Larson, is out of the playoffs. Which is truly shocking. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, along with um, Chase Briscoe, Daniel Suarez, and Austin Sendrick. And I don't mean to break my arm, pat myself on the back, but I called all three of those. I thought William Byron would be out as well. So I was almost right. As I always say, bet your house and chip me off 10%. And if you're wrong, that's on you, man. You shouldn't have bet that much. So when the playoff order resets going into the round of eight, Chase Elliott is first. Uh, Joey Logano, Ross Chastain, Christopher Bell, Ryan Blaney, William Byron, Dennis Hamlin, and Chase Briscoe. The fact that Ryan Blaney is still in these playoffs without winning a race is absolutely shocking to me. I've never never been a huge Ryan Blaney fan or not a fan. I, I'm really indifferent to him. I think he's a good driver, good dude, uh, just not my guy. Uh, but I, at this point, you kind of have to start rooting for the underdog to make the Final Four. It's just truly shocking that he is is still there. Good on him, though. Good on his team. Speaks to uh, to nonstop consistency throughout the entire season. And I'll be excited to see uh, what happens with him. Um, I, I think that we're getting to the point of the playoffs where non-playoff drivers are so worried about causing an issue that will affect playoff drivers that they basically just get out of their way. So I th I think the next three races are going to be won by playoff drivers. However, there are a lot of young, um, young, eager drivers right now that could just not care and go for it. I mean, for some reason, Jeb Burton's still on the track each week. So that in alone could cause absolute chaos on the track so we'll see i'll be excited to see it there was a major penalty announced this week which i wanted to cover on my next point number four 
so Cole Custer cheated. Period. End of story. And it's not shocking being on the race team he's on. So for those who don't know what happened uh, was coming to the end of the race. Uh, Chase Briscoe was uh, on the on the cut line. He was, I think, a point down, needed a spot. So his teammate, Cole Custer, in the 41, uh, pretended to have a tire issue so that uh, he could hold up other drivers and Briscoe could, could get in. And it worked. But it's cheating. And it's bitch-made. Pardon my language, but it it, it is so bitch-made. It is, it is what Tony Stewart as a human being is. A little whiny bitch. And it's wrong. If you can't make it in on your own then you don't deserve to be in. Uh, Cole Custer and his crew chief were fined $100,000, and Cole Custer was docked 50 points, 50 very meaningless points because he's not in anymore, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but it, it just speaks to the level of what that race team is. And Tony Stewart... Tony Stewart can shut the hell up. Uh, he's out there on social media crying and whining like he does. And he said he wouldn't, if it wasn't for uh, sponsor events that he has to attend, he wouldn't attend a race for the rest of the year. Good. No one needs you around here, Tony. Go away. Go do your little Formula One that you bought and paid for for your wife. Tony Stewart killed a guy. Because he was being a dumbass. And he hasn't stopped being a dumbass since. Wouldn't you think that if you tried to spray dirt at a guy, collected him in the tire of your car and literally killed him, that maybe, and then got away with it because you just paid the family a bunch of money and, and you're Tony Stewart. Wouldn't you think that maybe you would just shut up and go away? But not Tony Stewart. I don't know if you can tell yet, but I hate Tony Stewart. I have I hated Tony Stewart when he was a driver. I hated Tony Stewart when he retired. I hate his race team. I hate everything about him. It 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 pains me that Kevin Harvick drives for that race team because I respect Kevin Harvick. And I hate other drivers. Like I, I hate Kyle Bush. Everyone hates Kyle Bush, right? He's the villain. But I respect Kyle Bush as a man. I know he's a good family man, a good father, a good husband. Off the track, I have no issue with, with Kyle Bush. I would shake his hand if I ever met him. I, I don't want him to win another race ever. I smile and laugh when he spins out. I don't feel that way about Tony Stewart. I think that Tony Stewart is a bad person. I think that he's a bad guy. And I think that his... um. What he is as a human being translates to the race team that he runs. They're dirty. They're cheaters. And I, I just absolutely cannot stand him. He is the whiniest little man I've ever seen. And he cannot take any criticism from anybody. Uh, I really hope that this penalty deters other race teams from doing anything similar. And I really hope that Tony Stewart goes away permanently. 
Let's get on to looking forward to next week. Number five. Looking ahead to next week, the tour rolls into Lost Paychecks Motor Speedway. Uh, one of my favorite mile and a half tracks. I, I This used to be a night race, didn't it? The last few years, they ran it on Sunday night, I think to avoid the heat. Or was that maybe when it was in September? I don't. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I really like that, especially this time of year, because I watch football as well, so I could watch my Lions get their butts kicked during the day, and then I could watch the race at night, but that's why I have two TVs. Uh, should be fun. This particular set of of tracks in the round of eight sets up well for the top drivers in uh, in this round, uh, if I had to predict my winner, uh, I'm going to go, I'm just going to bet with the heart. I'll, I'll be straight up and honest with you. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to bet Joey Logano wins this race and locks his place into the final four. Uh, and again, that is based solely on what I want to happen. Uh, so bet your house. Like I always say, if you win, chip me off 10%. If you lose, that's on you. You shouldn't have bet that much anyway. Uh, and as I've been doing these entire playoffs, I predict the next four drivers out. Uh, so I predict the four drivers that do not make the championship four, and this will change week to week, depending on what happens. But right now I'm going to predict that Briscoe, Bell, Hamlin, and Byron do not make the final four, uh, leaving Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, Ross Chastain and Ryan Blaney in the final four. That's just my my prediction. What's yours? I would love to hear your thoughts on who you think will make the final four and who won't. And what will happen at Vegas and, and whatever thoughts you have. Do you love Tony Stewart and think I'm crazy for hating him? Let me know. Go to Facebook.com and look up the top five. The word five, not the number. Or go to patreon.com uh, forward slash the top five. Share with me your thoughts. I would love to have a fun conversation about NASCAR. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. This has been the top five, and I'm Connor.